Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, I'm certain you'll love the book, Push by Pain into Purpose. Click the link in the description below or visit pushedtopurpose.com. That's pushed, the number two, purpose.com to order your copy today. Hi, I'm Cheryl Joyce Norman, author of Pushed by Pain into Purpose. I wrote Pushed by Pain into Purpose after realizing that God had purpose in my pain. Now, I'm here to share my journey with you to discover the purpose in your pain and change your perspective of it. Welcome to the Push by Pain into Purpose podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me for another episode. I am the host, Cheryl Joyce, and the author of the book, Push by Pain into Purpose. Let me go to God first. Dear Father God, I come now just thanking you for this opportunity to speak to your people today. And I give you, I ask you to give me the words to say that somebody needs to hear today. And I ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be wondering why I went to the book instead of just my book. But there was a, a purpose in that, and there are several passages in the Bible that says when you're trying to prove a case or establish credibility, it says every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So I'm presenting my witnesses from the Bible to establish the matter that you can be pushed by pain into your purpose. And you just don't have to just take my word for it. So how am I doing so far? So as you can see, it's not just about me, but there are many others that their testimony will prove this point. And that is what my aim is through this podcast. As we spend time each week to let you know Any and everything that has happened to you was intentionally allowed on purpose, for a purpose. Instead of being bitter and resentful, be glad that Father God chose to use you and gives you a chance to know him better. So we have cross-examined Mary and Martha as they dealt with the devastation and pain of loss of their brother Lazarus. Excuse me, feeling that Jesus forgot about them and didn't care.
and that he didn't come when they thought they needed him the most. And when he did come, he was too late to heal, but he was on time to resurrect. When have you encountered something sick unto death in your life? And you called on Jesus to heal it, but he didn't do it. Or you had a situation that you were trying to tell God how to fix. Maybe you didn't even know to call on Jesus and you need an introduction. You were looking for Jesus to come through the door and he came in through the back window and you almost missed it because he didn't come how you thought he should show up. Mary and Martha knew that he could heal. They had seen him do that. But anything beyond that was an impossibility. But it's like Jesus saying to them and to us, I can show you better than I can tell you. People always say, if I see it, then I'll believe it. God says, if you believe it, then you will see it. Even when Jesus told Martha that Lazarus would rise, she didn't believe it. She just assumed he was talking about the last day, not that day. We see Jesus got there on time, his time. All the townspeople were there to see how this was going to go down between those angry sisters and a late Jesus. No one was going to miss this. They didn't want to have to be told later on what happened. They wanted to see it for themselves. So the stage was set for the showdown. They even went and ran to tell Martha, hey, Jesus is coming. Just instigating and egging them on so they could see the fight. Well, <laughs> Jesus did what he had already intended to do and everyone saw it for themselves as he called the dead Lazarus back to life and showed himself to be the resurrection. That he was not only a teacher or a healer, but he is the resurrection and giver of life. So we see when the purpose showed up, the pain went away, as in the next chapter, they were back to worshiping, serving, and fellowshipping with Jesus with no malice, hurt, or anger all was forgiven, but they knew him differently now, more intimately. Then I call my next witness, Joseph the dreamer, who was loved by his father, hated by his brothers, ignored by his stepmothers, missing his mother, but favored by God, who God would not allow his brothers to kill him, but did allow them to sell him into slavery. In spite of all that he went through, being thrown into a well, sold into Potiphar's house, wrongly accused into prison, only then to be elevated to the palace, which was his place of purpose. We see Joseph forgetting the past, embracing his present, and expecting his future. When his brother showed up in Egypt needing food because of the famine, he recognized them. They didn't recognize him. 
It would have been a good time to get revenge for what they had done. But after all God had done for him, kept his hand on him, elevated him, that would have been a slap in God's face. And he could not do that evil. They came in and bowed down before him. And then Joseph remembered his dreams, his long forgotten dreams when he was 17. Got resurrected. So before he did the big reveal, he tested them to see if their heart was still the same or had they changed. Did they treat his brother Benjamin the same as they had treated him? They passed the test, and Joseph revealed who he really was to them, and the healing and restoration of the family took place. They had a great reunion, and Joseph saved his family from destruction. But Joseph still has some additional testimony to give, so let's finish our cross-examination of him. So we see Joseph uh, brings all of his family to Egypt and settles them in the choices of land, and they gain favor from Pharaoh because of Joseph. And after living in Goshen and prospering for 17 years, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, is about to die. So he calls Joseph and uh, his children, and he blesses them, and he adopts Joseph's sons, and he blesses the younger over the older, which seems to have been a pattern that's been going on since Jacob, his father, and Esau. Reuben and Simeon gets cut out of the wheel and is replaced by Ephraim and Manasseh. And when Israel dies, he had made Joseph to promise to carry him back to Canaan because he didn't want to be buried in Egypt. There was a great procession back to Canaan after the 40 days embalming and the 70 days of mourning that even the Egyptians participated in. And they all returned back to Egypt after the burial. So now let's go to Genesis chapter 50 and see what else we can find here. Verse 15 says, When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. Where have we heard that before? Sounds familiar? Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. 
We're your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph had already told them 17 years ago that he had forgiven them. He didn't hold any grudges and it was forgotten. But they didn't forget. They just could not believe that he would let it go and not retaliate against them. But the real reason, they were holding on to guilt and could not forgive themselves. So Joseph had to reassure them again. And all he asked of them was to take an oath that when the Israelites left Egypt, take his bones with them. He, he, he was saying, he was telling them, letting them know, you know, the only reason why that I was here is because y'all sold me here. But I just come ahead of you to save your lives. But don't leave me here. I'm not Egyptian. I want to go back home. Joseph lived to be 110 years old. And then he died. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt, but they didn't bury him there. And when they left, they did take him out of there. Before my mother went home to be with the Lord, we kind of experienced that. She could not believe nor trust the fact that I held nothing against her and would not in any way do her any harm. And I did not want to be, and she did not want me to be responsible for her care. I had to once again reassure her, but also to show her better that I could tell her that I meant what I had said. I was not out to seek revenge. Who do you know that has not forgiven themselves or is still feeling guilty for the part they played in your life? I told you it was just like a movie. Everybody has their part to play. If God gives you opportunity, and I'm sure he will, just reassure them that you have released them and it is forgotten, and they can release and forgive themselves. You don't want to slap God in the face by not forgiving and letting it go. Don't repay him that way for how he has kept you and had his hand on you. So you see, whether old or new, young or old, then or now, pain is still being used to push us to our purpose. That is the best motivator because if pain doesn't get you to move, then it just doesn't hurt bad enough yet. God has already written your story. The characters are already in place. 
The scene is set. And are you ready to play your part and get to the purpose for your story? So, join me again on next week. Let's see who will be who will call as a witness to testify that they were pushed by pain into their purpose. And we see God introducing himself as Elohim, the all-powerful one. Dear Elohim, I thank you for who you are and for your great love for me and those that are listening. I thank you that you know each one personally. I thank you for never leaving us, even when we felt we were all alone. You were always there. We thank you for provision, promises, protection, guidance, love, concern, and plans for our life. Thank you for the lessons you teach us to love you more, trust you totally, listen intently, follow you closely, and live in your divine presence always. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Are you enjoying these episodes? I am enjoying this opportunity to share these moments with you. By the way, I just love reading your reviews. Let's chat more. Head over to pushtopurpose.com. That's pushed, the number two, purpose.com. And join the mailing list. See you soon.